Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Good morning. Salutations, as they like to say, Harrison. Early morning again. Uh, after a victory, though, is all good. Uh, Jay Foreman in here inside the huddle. The Huskers move two and two. We are brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Can handle all your MRI needs, pain needs, and plan needs, which has obviously helped me out some. And I got to go see him again um, and probably will be over there very frequently. They do have customer service, but I don't want to be over there that much. But uh, nature and reality is taking this course. But the course that Nebraska has taken is uh, two victories in a row, which is uh, hasn't been the norm uh, for quite some time. You know, and um, you know, much like uh, the Northern Illinois game, the Louisiana Tech game wasn't the prettiest game. Uh, a little bit of a slow start, obviously, going into halftime seven and seven, or seven to seven. Um, had some excitement to a kickoff return, obviously for Louisiana Tech called back for, I would probably say a phantom flag and then an explosive play uh, for Nebraska, which is Heinrich Har- Harburg would have put, they would well, it could have been 14-14 or whatever you want to call it, but it would have been 14-7 uh, going into half and then getting the ball back coming out of half, which changes the whole dynamic of the game. Um I, I don't really – I didn't really see a, a, a egregious holding uh, penalty on it by one of the receivers. Um, on the TV copy, they said it was on Marcus Washington. If there was a holding call, I'd probably say it was more on Billy Kemp, but I don't even really – I didn't even see the defender trying to get off the block, so it was kind of – it's a judgment call. I could see it both ways, but what I called it, no. Would I have been upset if I was a – well, Matt Rule's case, head coach or, or a player? Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, one of the funny thing is watch I watched the game again and, you know, Nebraska had moved the ball, not easily, but consistently. And then, uh, you know, whether it was, it was a lot of the direct access plays that really hurt Nebraska, right? So you think of the tackles for losses, right? If you look at the Louisiana Tech's defense, um, and they weren't like a big, um, so back in the day, we played Oklahoma State like in a kickoff classic down in Kansas City. They changed their whole defensive front and like blitzed every down and had an enormous amount of, of you know, TFLs, right? Louisiana Tech didn't blitz a lot and, and, and got TFLs. And they were kind of a one-gap, shoot-the-gap type of defense, but there was a lot of guys that were unblocked or we missed. We were playing too much on uh, on edges, you know, our, our edge blockers. In particular, a couple, our tackles were too much of on, on edges. And so then they were able to, you know, penetrate. And they're, they're a quick, smaller unit and got a lot of tackles for losses. And you saw that at a, at a pretty high clip in the first half, right? So you think of um, the sack on Heinrich Harburg, or actually first play of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Play action pass, linebacker comes on a blitz. It's kind of a little bit of a delayed blitz. 
You would like the the center and the guard, the left guard block back. You'd like one of them to be able to pick, you know, come off and pick off, pick them up because it looked like Anthony Grant had to pick up the outside blister, right? So they're they're going to test your principles um, right off the get go, and then you know with Ramir being gone, you know maybe that has some effect. But I'd like to think that you know a veteran center and veteran guard could pick that up, right? So then you start off with a sack, second quarter, um, the other sack where they block back. And the the right guard, a little late out of the stance, another sack, right? So I think it's just more or less a, more of the same. But then once, you know, they kind of got going and got their bearings going, I think that the, you know, the offense picked up, right? And that's where you saw the the QB runs and the conventional run yards start to, uh, you know, rack up some. And um, so I think, you know, initially after the game, you're a little disappointed, I think, but in reality of, where we're at as a, as a team and as a unit, I think that we have to make sure that we are um, understanding that it's a feeling. It seems like it's a feeling out process, especially in that first quarter. And I think the coaches are coaching the feeling out, seeing, you know, what, <laughs> what team is going to be out there. You know what I mean? Or how, you know, can we execute the basics and then just go from there? And, and there's a lot of, t- you know, it, it, we have to have a little bit of reality too is like, it's been a lot of like, not turnover, but turnover in the sense of you assumed that Jeff Sims would be starting 80% of the games at least. Cause you know, injury, you know, like injuries happen or whatever, people get hurt. You didn't, you didn't think after, after essentially a game and a half, you'd have your backup quarterback in. And that's not taking anything away from uh, Harburg, but you, you just w- wouldn't expect to have a quarterback change via, um, injury this early mm-hmm. and that changes the rhythm of the offense and then you got your two top two running backs they're out and you know you have one of your top receivers out for the season you have a receiver that essentially quit on the team so all those reps and all those game planning and all that stuff as you're going through you know spring summer workouts and in in some and then the, the receivers cases you're going through fall camp right is all for nothing. So all those reps are important because what people need to understand, and this is not making excuses for what uh, they've been putting on the field. I mean, I'm just, I could just judge what they're doing, but I also can be realistic. So all those reps that you wouldn't say wasted, but were spent other places are, were taken away from the DOS, the, the Malachi Coleman, the, the, the Lloyds, the young guys that could have used those reps. So if there is an extra, let's just say for between those three players, a hundred reps each, that's a hundred reps. They didn't get to develop. Now injuries happen. IGC that just happens, right? That's unfortunate. And you feel, you know, you feel empathy for him, but for bets, right. You would have liked to maybe, maybe had a little pause for the cause there. Right. Um, and that's, and that's kind of a catch 22, right? He works extremely hard to get back eligible. He's meeting all the standards, so you're just going to take him on 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 surface, but then boom, um, let alone the Eric Gilbert situation and so forth and so on. So, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, circumstances, a little bit of, you know, ingrained habits of some players that uh, is taken away from some of the younger players, and that's why you see, like, you know, there's a big play in the first half. Marcus Washington, you know, Heinrich Harburg hits him right in the numbers, big third down, keep your, keep the drive going boom, you get, you drop that. The drops 
the ones that are in your hands, the ones that you got to catch are, are, have got to get better. And, and if you're playing, if you're going to play college football at the receiver position, you have got to be able to catch the ball. You need to make the, the, the layup catches. Mm-hmm. We, we, we drop way too many layup catches at this point of the season. Well, it, we needed a lot of them yesterday, too. I mean, third down last week was a lot better, but we kind of went back to 3 and 11 third down efficiency. Right. Right, which, but you had but you had three drops on third down, exactly. and, and so it's it's like okay, as much as people can talk about, we have a new quarterback playing. He might not be, you know, he's obviously not Dan Marino or whatever you want to say it. And you got an offensive line that you know takes a little while to get going. Okay, well they must have had good enough protection and a good enough play call, so you can't you can't bang up the offensive coordinator, can't bang up the quarterback, can't bang up the offensive line, and you got some drops. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just pitching and catching. You know, and drops happen, but the 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 drops that when you're wide open, you got to catch those. Which it's been a problem. The drops have kind of been a problem for Nebraska so it, far. We have, we've had, all, we've I mean, had all four games. Yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, they, they've been crucial ones, right? Where mm-hmm. where it, and like if you win those games, it's it's like okay, well we got you know it, it, we won, but we really yeah we got guys we got to really work at. Now we're it, and we won that this game, but you think of the Minnesota game for sure, right? Um, and then you think of uh Colorado at a at a couple crucial points of the game and in particular the Bullock one mm-hmm. right whereas like, you got a quarterback that's trying to get his bearings back and Jeff Sims he just got sacked uh, literally as soon as he got the ball and then you had a tackle for loss it's third and like 16 or something you know by no means is Nebraska shown the ability to have a third and 16 play like you're the Kansas City Chiefs they dial up the perfect play for the perfect defense for a easy first down pitch and catch boom that's a momentum changing play because it was close if he would have caught it he would have been close to midfield so even if you would have got eight yards and not the first down now you can punt and pin them down there versus now you're punting and they're getting the ball and probably their the punt returner probably has his heels at the deepest on their 35 and that i think that was when the, it was the punt that had actually had like backspin like a like mm-hmm. a pitching wedge that went to like the they're at 45 and ended up at midfield. Boom, boom, touchdown. Right? The cause and effect is is so huge for this team because our margin for error is so thin. And so in the margin for error cannot be cannot fluctuate to a negative against us with drops um and penalties, right? And and like I said, a couple of those holding calls both ways were subjective calls, right? They're big plays. We like a kickoff or you give up a kickoff return and touchdown to special teams, you generally lose the game. You get a couple explosive plays called back offensively. One was a touchdown, but a couple other ones, that, you know, with penalty, you generally kind of like lose the game. So Nebraska's, I wouldn't say lucky to win the game, but they showed some fortitude to get it going in the second half. You know, when you think about it, um, they pretty much, you know, outscored them 21 nothing before that last drive that, Louisiana Tech got and that's kind of like you know you're playing prevent now you would like the defense to stifle them like they've been doing all game right um and then they were able to come up with the pick at the you know the very end but you know it's still you know back to the not back to the chalkboard but it's back to work though starting today um I'm a big believer you know you celebrate the wins in the locker room and then as soon as you leave the locker room you're thinking about your next opponent especially when you're playing this way 
You know, if you end up being, if you know, we beat Michigan next week. Now we do, we might celebrate this, celebrate that Michigan went all the way up until Tuesday. We, we, <laughs> we, we are set up for to lose the game against Illinois because it's the Michigan hangover after a victory. But um, two teams that you should have beat, didn't, you know, it obviously didn't look the best, but it looked good enough to win. Um, but I think they definitely need to have a mindset of, hey, you know, if we are saying that we think we're better, we have to start doing the things we need to do that we can control, right? And that's catching the ball, um, getting on guys in more of a physical standpoint. And, what you know, I was listening to Matt Mellon, right? And he was talking about the, the offensive line. He's like, they're a big, powerful unit. He's like, but they don't move people as much as I like. That And what it tells you is for probably 70, maybe close to 80% of the time they're on their guys, they're just not moving them, right? You know what I'm saying? To, to the rate that what should be appealing. That is probably the best description of the offensive line. Yeah, we weren't winning line of scrimmage, right. especially in that first half. Right. You yeah. know, I was that's that was kind of that was the one thing I was looking at a lot for this line. Can they have a game where they don't start off slow? Yeah. And unfortunately it was again till third quarter they started moving people around. But I mean, at best they were one yard off the line of scrimmage. A lot of times I was seeing guys kick kicked back. Yeah. The offensive line again, you know, I'm glad they start picking up in the second half, but it, it's just driving me insane that it's this many slow starts. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of I think the play calling is different. I think it's kind of like you, you kind of like, I think you're figuring it out and there's some, there was some opportunities there, but when you drop balls and all like that, that stymies any type of rhythm that you get going. And then they figure out, all right, we just got to do the basics and just start mm -hmm. bowling over. You know, in particular, I will tell you this, there was a play in the first quarter where the left side, they really blocked down and they caved down the whole side of the defensive line. So they were moving them. Mm-hmm. Well, the tight end had a block that – and now Heinrich Harburg was a little late on his read. He went out a little bit wider. He should have kind of went straight, you know, down on the read option. Well, the tight end was just a little bit – instead of being head up to inside, he was head up to outside on the edge. Well, then that player came in and made the tackle. You know what I mean? So you, you can't bang up the offensive line for that. That's on the edge. But then you got to think, some of our best blocking has been by our tight ends. On um, Billy Kemp's touchdown, Borkature and Fedoni, phenomenal blocks. Mm -hmm. I've been impressed with the tight ends blocking. Right. Yeah, they, they have, they have they, been good. They, yeah, and they they've taken been. that. Like, I feel like they've kind of taken that one personally. Right. Understanding that they're going to be a huge part of the run game. And for the most part, the receivers as well. And, you know, um, for the most part. And I will tell you this, you know, I, I talked about this uh, on another show I do. Um, it, you know, for in the black shirt breakdown with, with the rivals, I, I think that one thing I said is like, I think Matt Rule and them know where we're at offensive line wise. And I do think they can get better, right? Because I think that it's a matter of playing with better leverage in, in, in burst, right? But mm -hmm. what, I think, I think they can play a little bit better. Uh, and they've shown the ability to actually play better. You know, it's well, like, it's like they like get pissed off finally and start playing like that i'll say this too they were not biting on the play action at all yesterday which i mean it's not an excuse for your offensive line but there are so many times when we went to play action those linebackers didn't move well they they well, were if the by reason why because we hadn't been running the ball yet we ran play action first play of the game right mm -hmm. i ain't biting on play action first play <laughs> of the game point. um and uh and so you know the one thing that i think they've done 
and I don't know if this is, I mean, I don't think this is like a true offensive identity thing, but what they've done, and if you look at Matt Rule at times at Baylor in particular, I remember watching them and being impressed where they were extremely physical out on the edges, right? So when they were throwing their, we used to call them now routes, smoke screens or whatever you want, where you're just getting the ball and throwing it, kind of like what you do, you did at the beginning of Tyreek Hill's career. And if you have somebody that can, you know, kind of like a water bug, that's a, you know, kind of like a smoke Harris or somebody like that, Billy Kemp, get him out in space. They were extremely physical on the edges, right? That means receivers were blocking, tight ends and H-backs were blocking. Um, Nebraska's taken a little bit of that on, and I think it's helped in their run game. You know, and that's in the QB run game and then also in the conventional run game, which you saw yesterday. And then also, I think <clears throat> it's helped in the uh, smoke screens and stuff like that. Um, and, 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 you know, the thing that they were able to get some yards after catch and, and finding different ways or trying to find different ways to be explosive. So they're trying and trying to figure it out. They're trying to also weigh it to where you don't want to overexpose your quarterback, right? Um, you've seen Heinrich Harburg get his helmet knocked off and he got, you know, he got hit a few couple of times that were pretty good hits. Um, so they're trying to do that, but then also they know that like they might have to lean on the quarterback run game more than they'd like, you know what I'm saying at this point. And I, and I think that with Heinrich Harburg, as he, he's, he's gotten better as a passer, I just think sometimes like with his misses, they're just way off, but He's also put some right on the on the on the mark. There was one in the second quarter where he had a defender right in his face. He uh, squared his shoulders up, stepped up into the pocket, avoided the defender, and it's actually the first. It was the first down. Actually, it was the first down they had because he got it to Billy Kemp. Billy Kemp did a really good job, split the defenders, and it was like third and twelve, and they got the first down. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really good play by a young quarterback, right? And he got it to the he got it to the receiver. He was able to avoid contact, so he did, he he got his eyes upfield and did everything that they've probably you know practiced on doing. So there is, um, there is a lot of uh, good things they're doing. I think the things that they need to do a little bit better is obviously you know being more physical on both sides of the line. Like yesterday, I think I felt like you know Nash Nash did a decent job, um, but I felt like our defensive line needed to be a little bit more physical in the sense of being able to get to the quarterback more. Yeah. Um, you knew they were going to throw it. I mean, the, the all season they they were hardly. I think they finished yesterday with only forty two rushing yards. Right. It felt like a game where Nebraska was just going to be able to peel its ears back. I was a little, you know, disappointed yeah. by the defensive line. They yeah. they weren't getting a ton of pressure back there, and you, especially when you got a backup quarterback, right? You can feels like a game where you can really get to him. Yeah, he was. And the thing about him is he's a young quarterback, but he, I would like to see some more hands on balls and picks because he's he overthrows a lot of a lot of passes um i mean it, like i said the, the scheme that they ran run is short short passing and so it's hard to get there you know they they were trying to overfeed smoke harris number six and nebraska did a really good job of being physical out on the edges in the corner in the in the rover position linebacker position and stopping a lot of the things that they were trying to be scheme wise i think it also uh Really, really confused Smoke Harris. He missed a lot of reads on where it went, you know, when the, they, they, their, their blockers were blocking everybody to go out. He should have cut inside. He was seeing a lot of things that weren't there. So that's, that's kudos for Nebraska on causing confusion on a pretty decent player. 
Um, sure, we'd like the pass rush to be better. Um, and that's something that, you, you know, there's going to be just some games that you just don't get home. And so you got to find what different ways to affect the quarterback. And we didn't probably do it at the rate that themselves and Coach White and the team would want. Um, and you got to go back and evaluate that and see what you can get better at. You know, I think it's just probably a little bit of technique things and getting on, again, getting on the edge a little bit more. Um, you're not really worried about Louisiana Tech ever coming in here and rushing for 300 yards. Um, not that you're going to give them a whole bunch of yards, but you're not worried about, they're not going to beat you by running the ball. They're going to beat you by explosive plays, making you miss in space. And you saw that in the, in the, in the first, first half and the, really the only legitimate touchdown they got where it was a simple run play. Um, Makaga bear was there. He had inside out. Um, and you had, uh, new, I think Newsom or Hartsog there who was setting the edge and you had an inside out there where he's the easy tackle. He went for the strip. It looked like. You know, but he forgot to wrap up with the inside hand, which would have been his left. Little dude broke it, and he was a receiver, just got moved to running back this week. And uh, seven points, you know, so those are the self-inflicted wounds. But you can't expect a Nebraska team that's tackled so well. They'll have, they're, you're playing against opponents. They might not be top to bottom as good as you athletically or, or experience-wise. They're going to have guys that can make guys miss. They're gonna they're they're college athletes too, so you know you're gonna have some missed tackles and stuff like that. But you just got to get better at it. So, you know, I just think that um, it was kind of a blah game. Um, there's some good things there, and there's some things that definitely need to get rectified or or worked on immediately, which would be right now, um, because you're staring down the barrel at probably the the best team in the Big Ten and definitely one of the best teams, top two or three teams in the nation, coming here trying to prove a point. So it's a tall order and a tall task, but if you uh, handle your business right, it's going to give you a good chance to win. So good wrap-up first segment. I think we're going to dive into what to look forward to in Michigan and what Nebraska really needs to do um, uh, to get better in, in, in the week, and can they get better? So this is Jay Foreman uh, inside the huddle. Advanced Medical Imaging, 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. We'll be right back. 